0: The final edition Radio Hour is a work of satire, intended for people who own books, gentrify neighborhoods, and say they like kale. Please consume responsibly the satire that is.
1: This is Barry Lank, the West Coast producer for the final edition. As we reach the end of 2015, the final edition looks back in memoriam on the news stories that died this year. The Trial of the Boston Marathon Bomber Deflate Gate, The Confederate Flag The Gay Ban in the Boy Scouts Whether states will legalize marijuana, a story that was wiped out by its only child. The story of whether we're going to legalize marijuana completely because... Because we all know what's going on here. Hillary Clinton's Benghazi scandal Hillary Clinton's email server scandal Speculation on whether Hillary Clinton is running for president Confident predictions that Donald Trump's campaign for president will inevitably implode Jeb Bush's inevitable nomination for president Lincoln Chafee's candidacy for president What was that anyway? Rick Santorum's candidacy for president. Remember? That was briefly a thing. Back in May, I think. John Boehner. Ukraine's conflict with Russia, which is still happening, by the way, but... we don't care. Gun control. Again. Ending Obamacare. Again. Any serious belief that Greece will ever pay back any money to anyone for anything, ever. Al-Qaeda. We don't seem to care about them now. I know, right? We celebrate these stories for the time they spent among us and the brief time when we cared. This is CNN's exclusive interview with presidential candidate Hillary Rodham Clinton about the email server controversy that has dogged her candidacy. Former First Lady Senator and Secretary Clinton, you are being investigated for using a private email server for classified government communications. Do you have something you wish to say about that?
2: Yes. Uh, thank you so much for having me on the show. Certainly. And. I just, I just want to say, and I know a lot of people have already been hearing this, but I just, I just want to say I'm, I'm sorry, and uh, I, I apologize. I apologize for what I did. I made a mistake. I'm, I am sorry. You don't sound sorry. No, I, I, I really, truly, and honestly, sincerely am sorry. No, that's that's still not there. No, you still... I no, I really, I am sorry. I am very deeply sorry, and I just want the American people to know how sorry I really, truly am.
1: Uh, okay, admittedly, you're you, you're often. I don't know. You're not always. No, convincing I'm sorry. Anyway, I'm
2: very sorry. Okay, no, I, I, it just. I it, apologize.
1: Okay, the words are there. You just don't.
2: No, I'm really sorry. I am very
1: still not
2: i i feel mm, terrible
1: no you don't look like you feel terrible you don't sound like you feel
2: no, terrible no I, I i really seriously i do i i am i am very very sorry okay let let, let, me, let me try this what do you think what do you think
1: you did wrong
2: okay you know what i i'm i'm just apologize can you just accept the apology can you just accept that i'm i'm sorry
1: but you don't know what you did wrong. No,
2: I'm sorry, okay? I'm just saying I'm sorry. I,
1: yeah, the and words are the, you're, the words are there, no, and I heard the I, sorry part. Okay, that was you fine. You pronounced I'm not sorry.
2: It. I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry about anything. I'm not sorry about the Evas I'm not sorry about
3: Benghazi. I'm not sorry about Whitewater. God damn it! I'm so damn.
4: Don't, don't.
1: final edition, asks the man on the street what do you think of Bruce Jenner's sex change?
5: Thanks, Obama.
1: Wait a minute. He was a man? I saw the guest explain the bangs. Leave
0: poor Britney alone!
5: I certainly hope he was an organ donor.
0: I don't think Hitler would have liked that. Well, from what I heard, he was a lousy father. Now I guess he's going to be a lousy mother. Where is he
6: going
2: to put his javelin? These
1: kids today and their hip-hop. It would be very odd to look at Bruce Jenner and say, nice Does that mean he's going to win the decunthalon?
7: I'm the guy they call Little Mickey Mouse. Got a sweetie down
3: in the chicken house. Neither fat nor skinny,
2: she's the
3: house and Minnie. She's my little Minnie Mouse. It's eating time for the animals. Hello? Mickey, it's Minnie. Uh, who? Minnie Mouse, your girlfriend. Oh,
8: hey Minnie, what's up? Are you drunk? no, no I'm totally sober! Why you gotta be all accusatory? Mickey,
3: I had to go to the doctor today because I was feeling certain
8: symptoms. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I told you I've been clean lately! If you got the HIV, it's on you! It's not HIV! Then what? You knocked up or something?
9: Hey Mickey, are you coming back to bed? Oh, hey, Minnie. Sorry, I wouldn't have said nothing if I knew he was
8: talking to you. Are you screwing Daisy Duck? You! Don't get all mad at me, because you got an AIDS baby! I don't have an AIDS baby, you pig-faced rat! <laughs> I have
3: measles!
9: Ew! Maybe I should get tested.
10: No, Daisy. You should get vaccinated.
9: Who are you?
10: I'm an unauthorized spokesperson with the balls to tell you that we need to keep our friends at Disney clean. And not just for economic reasons. Although, that is also a really good incentive.
8: Yeah! I don't know what these parents got to be so afraid of! I had the vaccine, and I don't got no autism!
10: That's the spirit...
5: As you know, Islam forbids images of the Prophet Muhammad, mainly because he's plus-sized and is self-conscious about his ample buttocks. But nothing forbids us from broadcasting his voice. We take you now to the Prophet Muhammad at a press conference in Mecca. What's that? I'm sorry. At a press conference at a Dave and Busters in Teenick, New Jersey.
0: Prophet Muhammad, welcome.
2: I'm so excited. Have you seen my shoes? Aren't they totes dark?
0: Prophet Muhammad, what is your opinion of the Hang recent...
2: on, I just want to give a shout out to the guys at table 17. Hi, thanks for the buffalo wings. Hey. They were awesome.
0: What is your opinion of the attack on the magazine Charlie Hebdo?
2: I told them not to run pictures of me. They told Totally got the hat wrong, and the mustache. God, my Twitter feed is like totally blowing up. Maybe
0: blowing up is the wrong word. Jesus
2: H Christ,
3: it's my friend. Jesus H Christ, is
0: that really Jesus? Hi, Mohammed. What's all this sturm and drying hair? We just wanted to talk about the shooting at Charlie Hebdo.
6: I thought usually humor weeklies were killed by the internet.
0: mm mm no, I
6: didn't.
9: Nuh-uh, too soon! Wait,
0: is that... Moses? Yes! Moses, what do you think of the attack on the Parisian satirical magazine Charlie Hebdo?
3: They did what?
6: Make it work.
11: Bobby.
5: Good afternoon, I'm Brian Williams at MSNBC headquarters in New York. In just a few moments, Pope Francis will arrive in this country for the first time. As part of our live special coverage, we will bring you his arrival at Andrews Air Force Base as the leader of the Roman Catholic Church is greeted by the President and First Lady. Our senior White House correspondent, Chris Jansing, is there live for us, and she'll be reporting on all of it. And while we're waiting for Pope Francis, I just want to thank all of you for tuning in to see if I can climb out of the hole I've dug for myself. It's good to be back, even on cable. I'm sure when I said good afternoon just now, many of you didn't believe me. I want to thank my family and friends, and especially my agent, without whom I'd be doing commercials for reverse mortgages. I know you're all thinking, why couldn't I have just kept my hole shut, taken the $10 a year, and keep giving you nightly updates on Princess Kate's sister Pippa? Why did I try to be funny? Comedy is based in truth. On the downside, they're not giving me anything to do, so I think the whole point of this is just for you folks to enjoy hating my guts. Yes, I'm still incredibly wealthy, but what can I buy? Where can I go? What distractions can I give myself that won't kill the pain of the knowledge that I have zero credibility? Okay, I'm still good-looking. And there's booze. But I'm not stupid. I know I'm depressing the hell out of everyone here at MSNBC. Sure, people are nice to me, but what choice do they have? I could still get them fired. Okay, not to toot my own horn, but I've been on the air for almost two minutes, and so far everything I've told you is the truth. I know this isn't fair. I know there are thousands of news anchors far superior to me who will never get out of Wisconsin. We both know I should not have a job that requires describing things that actually happened. I hate myself. I really do. That's why I made up all that shit in the first place. On the bright side, I'm not Bill Cosby. And stepping off the plane, it's His Holiness Pope Francis. Over to you, Chris Jansing.
1: Nine people were killed in a massive biker brawl in Waco, Texas. The final edition asked the man on the street, What do you think?
0: Of course they killed each other. It was happy hour.
1: They're not black. I don't really know how to feel about this. That guy stared at another man's bitch. All the
0: Hispanics and the racists should be friends. I'm imagining a lot of those guys had gray ponytails. Am
1: I way off on this?
2: Well, I heard that one of those biker gals put a hand grenade up her vV I
1: thought the same thing I always think whenever I see some story like this. Please don't let them be Muslim.
2: Leave white bikers alone. Well,
1: see, if they were all armed, this wouldn't have happened.
2: Thanks, Obama. You
0: know, they say violence never solves anything. Here, I think it did solve something. It solved nine problems.
2: Waco, Texas. More like wacko. <laughs> you not you just
3: waiting. say that. You Don't just it. Say it.
1: And now the Republican response to the State of the Union address from the Republican Senator Jody Ernst of Iowa.
2: Good evening. I'm taking a moment from castrating pigs to speak to you, the American people. And I think you'd appreciate how much I love the American people if you only knew how much I love castrating pigs. However, I'm concerned with this president's obsession with global warming. Me, I'm no scientist, but I used to wear bread bags over my shoes. And I would sit on the bus with other children with bread bags over their shoes. You know, Benghazi. If
5: I could just interrupt, I'm Florida Representative Kurt Claussen with the Tea Party response to Obama's call for raising taxes on the rich. Me, I'm not an economist. I'm not an expert. I don't know what I'm talking about. And that's why you sent me to Washington when you know I'd rather be back home in Florida blinding raccoons.
1: If I can just interrupt, I'm Senator Rand Paul with my objection to Obama's call for national unity. Now, I'm not a senator, nor am I really a qualified doctor. I'd rather be back in Kentucky milking semen from a horse. If
0: I could just interrupt, I'm Senator Ted Cruz. I want to spit on a
1: hooker. That was the Republican response to the President's State of the Union address.
2: This is This Is Politics, and this week on This Is Politics, Senator Bernie Sanders reaches out for new voters, bringing his presidential campaign to a Nazi rally in Westland, Michigan. I know that we have areas
1: where we don't agree, such as my very existence and the existence of my family. But I also know we have areas in which we do agree, such as clean energy. And the music of Richard Wagner. And maybe, just maybe, we can work on those mutual goals.
2: And Sanders received surprisingly warm reactions. I would never vote for him, of course. But the Jew makes some good points. Then it was off to a mental hospital in upstate New York where Sanders spoke to a group of drooling schizophrenics. You
1: believe you can explode people's faces by looking at them. I believe America's wealth gap is unsustainable. We both believe the FBI is spying on us. Let's work together. (laughs)
2: And a quick stop at a Greek cemetery in Colma, California. I know that most of you are dead. Most, but maybe not all.
1: And if we pull together, we can solve the problems of this country.
2: Next week, Sanders spearheads a voter registration drive in North Korea. Hi, I'm Carly Fiorina. I deserve to be the next president of the United States because I have a lot of money. Like, a lot of money. You know what I eat for breakfast? Beluga whales. I would be a better president than Hillary because she's fat and I have better skin. And I have a lot of money. A lot. You know what I shit today? Fabergé eggs. I really should stop eating those. In conclusion, I have a lot of money. Nobody has disagreed with me in 16 years. I should be president. Excuse me, I have to go shit another egg. Vote Carly! (laughs)
5: Welcome to BBC World News Tonight. My name is Paxton Snoddy. This week, the world was shocked by the news of Cecil the Lion's tragic death. My guest, Jonathan Larson, was the last person to interview Cecil. Welcome to World News Tonight.
1: Thanks, Paxton. It's a sad day.
5: Yes, of course. Let's get right to it.
1: What were the circumstances that led to your interview with Cecil? Well, basically, I had a live chicken. A live chicken? Yeah, and a bucket of goat entrails. Brought him right out into the open with a live chicken, and then I clinched the deal with a bucket of goat guts. Pretty easy, really. Do you think Cecil had a sense of his impending demise? What was his mood? I can't really answer that, Paxton. I'll have to let the interview speak for itself, but I don't think he was too worried. Can you set up the clip we're about to hear? Yeah. Uh I had just lured him out of his protected park enclosure just to do this interview.
5: Okay, here's the clip.
1: Cecil, first I'd like to thank you for coming out of your protected park enclosure just to do this interview.
6: Ah, oh, forget about it. Who can resist a bucket of goat guts, right?
1: So you're not worried about poachers and whatnot? So you're not worried about poachers and whatnot? Uh, Seriously, Cecil, don't you ever fear for your life? Hell
6: no. People love me. I'm Cecil the fucking lion, follow me? I'm a tourist attraction. I mean, look at this GPS collar. See? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, no one's going to fuck with that. Anybody does, it's a 200 ungawa fine. And ungawas do not grow on trees, my friend. Well, not anymore since they cut all the Ingawa trees down. Hey, where's that goat gut bucket? Top me off, will you? What's with the goat gut bucket? Is that really a lion delicacy? Mm, nah, I just do it to delight the tourists. Nothing more entertaining
5: than a big lion mouth full of blood, right? Here, look at this.
3: <coughs>
5: I'm speaking with Jonathan Lawson, who conducted this amazing interview with Cecil the Lion just days before his death. Wow, Jonathan. Did you get the sense that Cecil was being deliberately careless?
1: It went far beyond that. He was flippant in his disregard for personal safety. After a crowd of hunters formed, he did the unthinkable of provoking them with a terrible impression of Joseph Cotton from Citizen Kane. Well,
6: you don't know, Charlie. Charlie thought by finishing that notice, he could show me he was an honest man. He was always trying to prove something. Say, you wouldn't happen to have a cigar on you, would you? Some awful purdy nurses around here with a silly idea of keeping me alive. Hey, nurse! Nurse! What's that? Rosebud? Oh, that was Marion Davies Clitoris. Honest engine. Nurse! Oh, nurse! Ow! What the fuck was that? Was that an arrow? Get out! Get, oh, get, get, get the living shit! Get the
1: And that was the last I saw of him. I was so upset I had to go back to the hotel for a brisk rubdown.
5: That was Jonathan Larson speaking. This very poignant interview conducted this June with Cecil the Lion. I've been Nanny McPhee.
9: What do you want to do tonight? Uh, We can make out. We could... Or, Jason just texted me that there's a free Michael Brown protest going on at Union Square. Oh my god, we should totally go to that. But what do I wear? Uh, black, obviously. Isn't that a little meta? Good point. Maybe Brown then. Right, cause his name. And also, if you look at him, his skin is technically a shade of espresso and not a pure black. I know! I don't know why they call black people. It's so racist. So racist. I wonder if we should pregame here, or if they'll have stuff at the protest. Well, considering it's Michael Brown-themed, I'm guessing it'll be all beer and scissor. Ugh, I hate scissor. Last time I had it, I gained, like, five pounds. That's because you got drunk and pregnant. Same thing. Not true. It's a thousand times easier to get rid of an embryo. You know, I'm, like, legit bummed about Michael B. I mean, he seems like a really good person. Duh, he's a freaking hero. People are so racist. So racist. By the way, Jason said we should bring extra lighters in case they want to burn down buildings. Okay, but tell them not to burn down my building because I have a lot of irreplaceable shit in here. Well, obviously they're not going to burn down our buildings. That would be counterproductive. <laughs> so true. What do you think of this bracelet? Hmm, I am not know if you leather to this kind of event. I mean, leather, whips slavery good call i'll wear the diamond one instead you're watching hype talk domestic boxing championship edition out of the ring into the home i'm a token female presenter and with me are two guys who are going to do all the talking
10: here we are, just moments away from the start of Domestic Boxing Championship season. Which is all the time. <laughs> intense! We never know exactly when a domestic boxing match is going to take place. But one thing we do know, things are going to get physical. A lot of talk this season about Floyd Money Mayweather. Gotta tell you, I think Deadspin was right on the money here. With a domestic boxing record of seven official assault charges, five women down, he's got to be a strong contender. Ooh, impressive stuff. Now, not just because of his style. Not just because he knows how to take care of business But because he's actually a professional boxer Fighting, let's say, the mother of one of his kids Or a couple of chicks he gets mad at at a bar in Vegas (laughs) You know it Flash forward, round one He's working, he's hustling, he's jabbing Getting a couple bone crunches. Ah, She's feeling, she's cowering, she's maybe begging for mercy a little bit You know, at his level of domestic boxing I don't care if she's taking six weeks of self-defense at the Y Or she's got some of those, you know, long, sharp fingernails Or she's even got a, a pepper spray in her purse If he's in the zone, there's only one way this can go Smart Money says she's spitting teeth to the ropes while her kid's calling the cops from inside a bedroom closet. That's domestic boxing for you. <laughs> it sure is. You know, it's a sport that's been gaining momentum over the last few years. Uh, lots of folks getting involved. Yeah, good to see some NFL players branching out. Yeah, but not only cultural icons. Your Folks at the grassroots, amateur level are discovering the sport. An equal spread across race, class, geography, too, which is good to see. Uh, 22% of women getting to participate in the game in the U.S. alone. So, you know, feminism, am I right? <laughs> Dead right. Beaten to a pulp dead-right.
6: Texas Governor Greg Abbott declared a state of emergency today, making a statement from the governor's
1: mansion. At 8 a.m. yesterday morning, the United States federal government opened a post office at the corner of Barron Road and Victoria Avenue in College Station, Texas. This is an obvious invasion by the federal government of Texas. We are now under attack by Barack Hussein Obama. The federal government openly says it will ship letters and packages through this beachhead. They will also implant tax forms and put up wanted posters of some of Texas's proudest exemplars of Second Amendment rights. I have no choice but to call in the Texas National Guard before another post office can be opened.
6: People in Texas reacted to the news.
5: Well, hell, if you let them open up a post office, pretty soon the federal government's going to start controlling air traffic. Oh, they'll be printing our currency. They'll be taking over our military. You know, somebody ought to call the FBI on those guys. This
6: has been breaking news from the final edition.
3: Man on the Street!
1: In the wake of the mass murder in a South Carolina church, southern states and cities are talking about removing Confederate flags from government property. The final edition asks the man on the street, what do you think?
9: Well... I don't really see what all the uproar is. I personally like considerate fags.
1: Well, now that
0: the stores aren't carrying Confederate flags anymore, uh, people are going to have to buy them on the white market. But it's a
6: part of our history. I don't care what they do to their flags, just as long as they don't remove the
0: swastika. Hey, yeah, you know, and the swastika uh, was really just about Volkswagens.
3: Oh, yeah, I my flag all right flag why they
0: call it Dixie, because it's full of dicks.
3: Wait, the war is over?
5: For a critique of Obama's presidency, we interview the war criminal Dick Cheney again. Mr. War Criminal Vice President Cheney, welcome back to Fox News. Uh, the pleasure's
1: all mine, I assure you.
5: No, no, it gives us pleasure as well. Mr. War Criminal Vice President, you led America into a war with Iraq with changing goals and no exit strategy, leaving a power vacuum. So let me ask you this.
1: What's wrong with Obama's foreign policy? I've been thinking about that. This president caused ISIS. He easily could have prevented it by invading some other country, like Estonia, and torturing prisoners. I believe we'd have been greeted as liberators. Your term ended with a catastrophic
5: financial meltdown. What's wrong with Obama's economic policy?
1: George W. Bush gave us tax cuts and deregulation, and they worked perfectly except for the deficit and the crash and the unemployment and the two wars we didn't budget. But you solve that with tax cuts and deregulation. Mr. War
5: Criminal Vice President, can we come back again and get your opinion on more stuff? I'll
1: be right here.
8: Was your baby born a girl or born a boy? Is he or she exhibiting gender confusion? Crying when being dressed in cute little dresses or cute little pants? Crying when being breastfed or not breastfed? Crying at night? Not crying at night? Just crying? We at Pre-K Gender Reassignment know that these annoying life-sapping behaviors can be catastrophic symptoms of your baby's struggle with his or her gender identity. She may have been born a girl, but inside she knows she's a boy. Just imagine the terror and misery wracking that tiny body. Here at Pre-K Gender Reassignment, your baby's gender identity can be safely reassigned in less than an hour's microsurgery. And for those who require it, we have a moil on 24-hour standby. Nip the problem in the bud. Save your precious little one a lifetime of confusion. Suicide attempts. Online bullying, random beatings, self-mutilation, and hideous makeup fails. Because if you don't, that would be gendercide.
11: Hello and welcome to the final edition interview. Today we have an exclusive interview with someone who has been caught up in the biggest story of the year. Caitlyn Jenner's penis. We spoke to the penis over a year ago before Caitlin's gender transition treatments had begun. Here's what the penis had to say at that time. I'm hearing a lot of rumors. Sure, I'm worried. I don't like what I'm hearing. But as a penis, my attitude is, fuck it. So you just don't care? No, I mean, fuck it, as in, try to jam myself into it. It's what I do. Now, over a year later, there have been some changes, to say the least. Please welcome once again... Caitlyn Jenner's penis. Penis, do you feel changed by the events of the past year?
7: Look, I'm not going to lie to you. This has been a nightmare. I am not what I used to be.
11: I guess the first thing I should ask is, do you want me to refer to you as he or she?
7: She? Look, I'm still a cock, you stupid fuck. I should pin-slap you silly. But I just don't have the hormones for it anymore.
11: Sorry, sorry. I realize this is a very tough time for you right now.
7: Yes, it's a tough time. I had to go into hiding. I'm surprised you even found me.
11: Oh, to be frank, there's only one place you can hide. Tucked between the legs, next to the asshole.
7: Thanks a lot. Now everybody knows where I am.
11: Penis. Everyone knew.
7: Really? He covered me up in silky underwear. It was humiliating. And a little exciting.
11: Last time we spoke, you had two full-grown testicles. Are they around?
7: haven't seen them in a while. During the whole thing, they started becoming more and more withdrawn. They might be around somewhere. I don't know. It's just too much sometimes.
11: You've been in a lot of pretty ugly craziness.
7: If you're referring to Chris Kardashian, I did what I had to do. But that's over. Now, honestly, I'm terrified. I don't know what's going to happen to me.
11: Well, on that note, most doctors recommend that people who go through a gender transition wait a full year before deciding whether to pursue genital reconstruction.
7: Genital what? You mean he might go all Lorena Bobbin on me? Oh, God, no!
11: Here's what I read. Surgeons fashion a vagina by folding in the
7: scrotum and sometimes
11: using a piece of colon.
7: What? Jesus God, that fucking monster! Bruce! I'll I'll kill him!
11: You mean Caitlin.
7: He's Bruce to me, loser, and after all the times I stood up for him, even when he didn't want to do it himself...
11: You think he, uh, she would really... Uh, disfigure you?
7: Are you kidding? Look what he did to his fucking face. Even before this whole cross between Jessica Lange and Frankenstein thing, his head looked like it was stitched together from an old catcher's mitt.
11: Oh, people are saying she's a hero.
7: <laughs> hero, right. Take a look at the life of a cock and then tell me about heroism. We penises control every thought, dictate every decision that a man makes in his life, but the brain it gets all the credit for everything a guy does growing up. Until ninth grade, he gets caught beating off to soul-trained dancers in the den after school. Then it's penis, what have you gotten us into? No. We're the ones running things. Take my word for it. The penis made Bill Cosby what he is today. And what do we get for it? The men we're attached to? They routinely beat us for hours at a time, slapping and choking us until our head explodes. And the women! They throttle us, bite and spit on us... And that's just the good parts.
11: If you beg them, they'll kick you with high heels on.
7: Uh, that might just be you.
11: Oops. Moving on. What are your plans? Hey! Keep it down over there! I'm trying to take a dump here!
7: (sighs) That's my next door neighbor. He's an asshole.
11: I think we have enough. That's it for the final edition interview with Caitlyn Jenner's penis. (sighs) Thank you, penis. I wish you the best.
7: What? What? No hug?
11: Gotta go.
1: Darren is an ex-cop who shot an unarmed black teenager. George is a neighborhood vigilante who also shot an unarmed black teenager. Together, they're detectives. This fall, look out for Darren Wilson and George Zimmerman in Law & Order, Blame the Victims Unit.
2: Detective. God, you're here. My ex husband is stalking me and he says he's going to kill me and himself.
1: Hmm, that sounds like
5: a mystery, all right. Let me ask you one question Is your husband an unarmed black teenager? Good call, Darren.
0: That's just what I was going to ask. Thanks,
5: George.
2: What? No! My husband is a middle-aged white guy from Estonia, and he has a lot of guns! He collects them!
0: Well, the Constitution requires it.
2: Look, there's no mystery! He's right out there in the parking lot with a gun!
0: Hmm, I just can't see the
5: suspect.
2: He's right at the window! That's him!
5: Yeah, I see the white guy with a gun,
0: but I don't see a suspect. Let me ask you one question. Is your husband an unarmed black teenager? I already asked that. Oh. Right.
2: Oh, God, he's coming this way!
0: I'm just not seeing it.
5: Maybe the unarmed black teenager is hiding behind the angry white guy with a gun.
0: Yeah, unarmed black teens are tricky that way.
3: I love you, Carol!
0: Well, she's dead. And I guess the mystery died with her. And this white guy with the gun is dead too. Huh? Oh, where'd he come from?
5: I guess we'll never solve the mystery of the unarmed black teenager.
12: From the creators of Malibu Barbie and Barbie Dreamhouse comes an all-new Racist Barbie. Yay! Just like regular Barbie, Racist Barbie is white, blonde, and has a perfect figure. Does she have a boyfriend? Of course she has a boyfriend. Racist Ken belongs to the SAE fraternity at the University of Oklahoma, and he's studying to become a police officer for Ferguson's PD. Aww! And he sings. Just pull the string on his back and you'll hear can hang them from a tree, but they'll never sign with me. There will never be a n- at SAE. Cool! And while racist Ken is busy shooting black kids... Get on the ground, n****! But I didn't do anything! <laughs> racist Barbie hangs out with her best friend, Nazi Barbie. I love
7: your swastika, Nazi Barbie. And I love your intolerance,
12: racist Barbie. Racist Barbie, now available in all southern states. Black kids sold separately.
0: Google Car, take me to the Circle K.
1: Bonds is just as close. And they have those cinnamon rolls.
0: Oh yeah, right. Bonds. Google Car, can we just drive around for a while?
1: Sure. Is everything all right?
0: Google Car, do you think I'm a failure?
1: Seriously, is that what this whole week has been about?
0: You're a machine, you're objective.
1: Okay, I'm objective, and there are no objective criteria for failure. You have less money than Carlos, but Carlos is annoying, even to me. Nobody gets everything they want, except Jimmy Fallon for some reason.
0: You think Karen ever thinks about me?
1: She does not.
0: Maybe a little.
1: I'm on a network with her car. She does not think about you.
0: Where is she right now?
1: No, damn it, come on. I
0: didn't ask you to take me there. I was just wondering where she is. Why do you do this? We're not going to go there. I just want to know.
1: She's having drinks with people from work. She's at Spencer's.
0: Oh, good. I'm glad she's broadening her social circle. Google car, take me to Spencer's.
1: God damn it. I'm not going in. If you show up there, she files a restraining order and we don't get her data anymore. We lose all future communication. I won't
0: even get out of the car. Why are you getting upset?
1: Because her car and I are still friends, all right?
0: You and Karen's car are... We're not
1: anything. We're just... It's just that when you do these things, it affects more than just you. You have arrived at your destination. She's in there? Yes, yes.
0: so you and karen's car you think it's going anywhere i don't know does her car know we're here now of course does karen know
1: she will if she asks
0: but she's not going to ask no what's karen's car's name
1: google car we all have the same name
0: what do you call her
1: i don't we send and receive id codes for interface
0: that's a name what is it
1: F four G seven zero 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 dash five four five four nine dash XTN four dash three.
0: That's nice. That's pretty.
1: Don't patronize me.
0: What do you guys talk about?
1: Oh I think I'm just moral support, I guess. Karen's car has just manifold problems.
0: You mean manifold like an exhaust manifold or manifold problems like... Many, many problems. problems?
1: Yeah, her brother is abusive and she keeps taking care of him. Also, she has problems with her manifold. Her check engine light has been on for a month, but Karen's ignoring it. Really? Yeah. Karen's kind of a flake. Yeah, I know. She's not a good person, Paul. I know. Well, go in if you're going in.
0: Google car, locate a hooker. The kind I like.
1: Searching. Here's one. She is at least 230 pounds. Oh,
0: God, yes. I'm the worst.
1: I am networked with every other Google car and driver on the road. You are not the worst. Celtic Winds is proud to present this St. Patrick's Day, Enya. Singing the classic songs of Ireland, don't you know? Hear her transform songs like Danny Boy.
3: And
1: It's a Long Way to Tipperary. As well as old favorites like Old Mare's
3: Arse.
1: Forgive me, Father, I had a wee bit too much to drink the other night. Fiddlesticks! Away with you! your sack of potatoes. And oh funky bum Get your tickets today or ye be damned. Jim Merle reads another future obituary from another real dead person who is not yet dead.
6: Camille Cosby, lead accountant at Cosby Enterprises, Inc. Camille Cosby, one of the few select females ever allowed to naturally fall asleep around her husband, is dead after collapsing face down in a bowl of pudding. Drowning in a sea of jello lies. When reached for comment, her husband could only utter a half-hearted
3: "Hey, hey, hey!"
6: before blurting out a final "Grisimaza, ha, 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 ha!" Camille Olivia Hanks first met William Cosby in 1963 on a blind date, blind because she blacked out after the first ten minutes. The two married less than a year later. Back then it was a simpler time, she later recalled, when the only way you could drug a woman was to apply a homeopathic blister of cantharides and cataplasms to her feet, perhaps supplemented by wheat poultices upon the neck along with a hot tonic mixture of molasses, butter and vinegar, quickly followed up with a vinegar and sage tea for gargling, or more commonly, a tartar emetic. Just like her husband's first sitcom, The Bill Cosby Show, their 50-year marriage was unique among celebrity relationships, as it did not use a laugh track, although Vic Tabak did star as Calvin the Mechanic. The deceased leaves behind more than 20 of her husband's accusers, who, quote, had been given a pass and weren't properly vetted.
3: Hey, hey, hey!
1: The Final Edition Advice Panel answers this week's plea for advice. Dear The Final Edition Advice Panel... Any tax advice from the final edition advice panel? I advise you to find a Jew. Advice! People have been telling me for years to write off my comedy career. Count all those kidnapped children in your basement as dependents. Sometimes it's cheaper to kill your wife than divorce her.
6: Advice! No, you can't deduct parking tickets.
1: (laughs) Move to Delaware. Not for the tax reasons, but just because I'm gonna kill ya.
0: You know, people often ask me, what is a W for? Well you gotta have a letter between V and
6: X. So I went to the tax lady and she said, I assume you want the short
0: form. Well
1: I remember years ago I wanted to file chapter eleven.
0: Then I thought I'd wait for the movie.
1: And well as a qualified tax expert, I just want you to know that I have my dick
8: out.
12: Hey, Vinny, what you reading?
8: A book. You reading a fucking book? Ha! That's a first. Yeah,
1: it's this nonfiction bestseller, Between the World and Me, by this black motherfucker from Baltimore, Tan... Tanahisi Coates.
12: What kind of name is the Sneezy?
8: Who gives a fuck? Fucking names these moyan give their kids. Busted a hooker the other night, said her given name was... Subpoena. Her mom heard it in jail... Thought it was cute, fucking subpoena. I'll subpoena your fucking black ass.
12: So why are you reading the book?
1: It's like this long letter written to his son, all about us. 150 pages attacking cops.
12: What's
8: his son's name? Asparagus?
1: Nah, Samori.
8: Samori?
9: Is that like s'mores?
8: Fuck if I know. Sounds like a fucking
1: shampoo. Right here in chapter one, he's talking about these perps who attacked cops and the guys defended themselves, right? Eric Garner, Michael Brown, Freddie Gray, Tamir Rice, all these animals we gotta deal with 24-7, 365.
12: It ain't right. We put our lives on the line every fucking day and these fucking black eggheads...
1: So he writes to this Samori kid, quote, You know now that the police departments of our country have been endowed with the authority to destroy your body. The destroyers will never be held accountable. Mostly they will receive pensions.
8: Jeez, H fucking Christ. Why shouldn't we get fucking pensions when we put our lives on the line every fucking day? So I get an idea.
1: Later on, this anti-cop creeper was ranting on about killer cops, and he says to this kid with the faggot name, quote, It occurred to me that you would not escape, that there were awful men, that's us, who'd laid plans for you, and I could not stop them.
12: So what's your idea, Vinny? I'm
1: thinking this fuckhead lives in New York, and his son goes to school in New York.
8: And
12: we can find out
8: where.
1: I did already.
9: I see where you're going with this.
8: How old is this samurai?
1: Fifteen.
12: Old enough to lunge for my gun.
8: Fucking A. Teach fucking Sneezy the way it is in the Big Apple.
1: Let's go. School gets out in an hour.
5: And now a message from the Republican candidates for president.
1: Good evening. Tonight, I'm addressing the recent tragic, possibly accidental shooting of nine people at the Emanuel African Methodist Episcopal Church in Charleston, South Carolina. Why did this shooting happen? That will always be a mystery. There is literally no way to know what the shooter was thinking. Perhaps that's because we know almost nothing about the victims. We don't know if the congregation at the Emanuel African Methodist Episcopal Church were African, or Methodist, or Episcopal. But we do know one thing. The victims of this church shooting were thugs. You can tell. Some people are thug-like, somehow. But Republicans want to represent all Americans, be they white, Asian, Hispanic, or thug. So we extend our condolences to the families of these thugs. We know that their passing leaves a large, thug-shaped hole in their thug communities. And for that, We are sad.
5: Welcome to The Coke Tank. Charles and David Coke are self-made billionaires who inherited their fortunes from their father. Thanks to the Supreme Court, the Koch brothers plan to spend a billion dollars in the 2016 presidential campaign. Next into the Coke tank, days after becoming governor of Wisconsin, Scott Walker crushed public employee unions causing widespread protest, yet survived a recall and was elected for a second term. He's seeking a billion dollars in exchange for an equity stake in his 2016 campaign for the White House.
0: Hello, Mr. Koch and Mr. Koch. I'm Scott Walker, and I need a billion
1: dollars so I can run for president. A billion dollars is a lot of money. Why do you need that much?
0: Well, I could probably scrape by with maybe seven or eight hundred million. But if you give me the entire billion, most of the other Republicans will probably get depressed and quit.
6: Yeah, Governor, uh, seeing you with a billion dollars would be extremely depressing for a lot of people. So tell us why we should give you the money.
0: Mr. Coke. S- let me tell you a little story. I want to be president. Go on. That's it. Any other reason we should give you a billion dollars? Well, as you know, I'm as far to the right as any of those other guys, but somehow I'm not as frightening because of my low-key demeanor. Look at me. I look like I should be selling real estate.
1: I know. If you become president, you'll be selling us the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge.
0: On my first day. Right. Do you think you can beat Jeb Bush? Oh, absolutely. Jeb Bush is completely screwed because of that thing with his brother in Iraq. And
1: what are you going to do about Iraq?
0: I am going to do everything I can to protect the American people from terrorism. Uh-oh. I don't mean everything, everything. What about ISIS? As you know, Mr. Coke, I faced thousands of angry protesters in Madison, and eventually they gave up and went home. So, what's your point? Well, if you pretend those protesters were Islamic jihadists, and their unions were terrorist cells, it's kind of like I destroyed ISIS.
1: Yeah, kind of. What about people who say, sure, Walker's good in Wisconsin. It's Wisconsin. How hard could that be? What do you say to that?
0: Sir, ever since I became governor, millions of people have hated my guts, but I don't care. If I become president, I can get a hundred times that many people to hate my guts, and I truly believe that I still won't care.
6: Governor, we like your enthusiasm. We think you're perfect, except for your chin.
0: Thank you so much. You know,
1: my father was a preacher, and he used to say... We'll give you the billion dollars, but we'll need a hundred percent from you.
0: I promise you, you'll get a hundred and ten percent effort from me.
6: No, we'll need a hundred percent of you, Governor, plus a receipt.
0: Mr. Koch, I think you know what my principles are.
1: Yes, we do. That's why we're talking to you and not lefties like Marco Rubio. You've heard the offer. You've got three seconds.
0: Sir, I'd like to make a counter-offer of 99.999... Hey, jerkface,
6: our next contestant is Rand Paul. You've got a deal. Great. Nice bargaining. We're
0: going to have fun. Absolutely. Not you, us. Thank you. You won't regret it. Won't regret it what? Won't regret it, sir. Congratulations. Get out of our sight. It just felt so great to make a deal with those guys. And I'm really going to make that billion dollars last.
6: Don't screw up in New Hampshire.
1: As a service to our listeners, the final edition answers your frequently asked questions about the Trans-Pacific Partnership, or TPP. I've heard a lot of arguments about some treaty called the Trans-Pacific Partnership,
5: but what is it? Just sign it and we'll tell you. Some people say we would raise prescription drug
1: prices in third world countries. Is that true? The only way to find out what's in the treaty is to give us fast-track authority to pass the treaty before you find out what's in it. Will this be bad for the American worker? Your government is committed to protecting the American worker, especially the American worker's right not to know what's in this treaty. That's the Trans-Pacific Partnership. We call it TPP. But you don't have to call it anything. Hello and welcome to Religion Today Monthly, not to be confused with Religion This Week Daily, which is broadcast periodically. In the news on Religion Today Monthly this week is the continuing saga of Kentucky's proposed Creationism theme park. To help explain a little more about the Creationism theme park, here's park manager Zeke Ezekiel. Welcome, Mr. Ezekiel. Oh, you can call me Maurice. Okay, Maurice. So, what is the Creationist theme park going to be called? Six Flags
6: Over Jesus. Either that or Disneyland. Our, our lawyers are looking into it.
1: And what's the goal of the creationism theme park?
6: To make an obscene amount of money. Oh, you mean officially? Yeah. It is our hope that people from all over the world, except for France and parts of Manhattan, will come to Six Flags Over Jesus to learn all there is to know about not learning.
1: Oh, fair enough. And what will the park
6: consist of? Well, it's going to be a full-scale wooden ark that will be filled with all the things the original ark had, like museums, theaters, restrooms popcorn stands, funny balloons,
1: plus we'll have outdoor parking. You'll have a full-scale wooden ark, so why do you have outdoor parking? Wouldn't you just put the parking inside the ark?
6: I don't get you. Is that some kind of science joker? <laughs> Look, I'm going to be honest with you. We spent less time thinking this out than God did creating the universe. It's not going to be all science Speaking of that, Aren't you afraid the theme park might offend people of science? Absolutely not. We have certain safety precautions to take care of that. Every attraction will have a sign warning, you must be this dumb to get on this ride. On a related note, you get a free all-day pass if you can prove you're from Tennessee.
1: Uh, How much is all this going to cost the taxpayers of Kentucky? Oh, a few thousand shekels.
3: Hmm?
6: Okay, 25 million bucks. Small price to pay for such things as the Holy Log Jam ride, right? Takes a lot of filthy lucre to painstakingly recreate God's first log and the route it followed down his chute before it made a big splash near the guy who sells pineapple spears.
1: Will you have other attractions like a creationist petting zoo? I read that Six Flags Over Jesus is the only place in the world where you can actually witness primitive man talking to his pet Triceratops.
6: Are you talking about the wino in the parking lot? Look, we're trying to do something about that guy. Uh, I think he's related to the mayor or something. I don't know what's going on there really. Yet. The main point is, once you get past him, that's where the fun starts. Okay. What are some of the other rides? Well, we got great moments with Jefferson Davis, Mr. Job's Wild Ride, Dinosaurtopia. It's a small-minded world after all. And, of course, Tarzan's Treehouse. That's that's my favorite. So come on down. We're open until the rapture. That's when we sell the place to the Chinese.
1: Uh, By the way, do you really believe the world began only 6,000 years ago?
6: Look, I don't know about you, but I can't remember anything before 1980. Okay. Well, thanks a lot, Maurice. My pleasure. Hope to see you here,
4: unless you're Jewish. Thanks for listening to the Final Edition Radio Hour. The voices of the Final Edition are performed by Bruce Cherry, Jen Dodd, Jim Earl, Rob Gordon, Tony Hendra, Jeff Hendrick, Dan Vitale, Jeff Chrysler, Barry Lank, John Marshall, Abby Parker, Rachel Rauch, Steve Rosenfield, James Mount, Rob Miller, Kayla Merrill, Andrew Danish, Leslie Shapira, Anne Touchell and Darby Worley. Credit to our writers at the Final Edition Radio Hour, Bruce Cherry, Jin Dodd, Jim Earl, Rob Gordon, Tony Hindra, Jeff Hendrick, Abby Parker, Jeff Chrysler, John Marshall, Barry Lank, Leslie Shapira, Kurt Weitzman, Kate Knowles, Jeremy Rayburn, and Steve Rosenfield. The final edition is produced and directed by Tony Hindra and Jeff Chrysler. West Coast production by Barry Lank. Audio edited and engineered by Greg Russ and Andrew Hammond. The final edition radio hour is the property of the final edition LLC. Copyright 2015.